Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. All right, you guys, let's listen up. We won a game yesterday. We win one today, that's two in a row. We win one tomorrow... That's called a winning streak. It has happened before. So let's see some hustle. Let's jack it up a little. I got a feeling things are about to turn around. Oh, Lou Brown. I hope you're right. Welcome back. Sports Talk Saturday Hour number two here on WGR. Derek Kramer, TJ Luckman with you as we get ourselves teed up for... um, Obviously, that open that little um, sound bit there from Major League, uh, hoping that the Sabers get themselves two wins in a row. They take on the Pittsburgh Penguins tonight. That one a uh, seven o'clock faceoff. You'll be able to hear your pregame here six o'clock here on WGR. And then, of course, tomorrow, Bills Dolphins eight twenty kickoff for the AFC East division title, the two seed, and hopefully not the case for the Bills. Avoiding playoff elimination. Uh, there are two games that, of course, will have a lot to dictate about that with the Ravens against the Steelers and then the Jacksonville Jaguars on Sunday afternoon at 1 o'clock taking on the Tennessee Titans. I have to cheer for the stupid Titans again. I hate everything. Like That's been a lot this year that you've had to root for the Titans. This Tru- is my hell. Truly just, just the <laughs> this worst. Is, this is my personal hell. R- really. They did uh, help honestly. you with the Miami win. They did. They yes, did. that's how this is uh, for the AFC's titles. So, thanks. I guess I still hate them. Their uniforms are stupid. The coach is a punchable face. I don't. I can't. I don't have time to get into that. That's a. That's a whole thing. It sure is. It. It was a whole thing. Thirty-five points, of which I used an entire segment on. Like, the was big, I there for that one? No, that was. Uh, that was one Corey. On on the board for that. Uh, okay. okay. Yes, yeah, so that was the same day as the unmarked tortilla chips. Hmm. I so. might have been. I'm, I might not have been here for some time on that. Maybe. Yeah, I it was. Uh, that was last year. Okay. So that's 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 how long ago that show was. Okay. But uh, anyway, enough about last year's show. Let's talk about today's show, and let's talk about um, I lied. Uh, we're not going to do the booty cheek of the week. That'll be at the end of this hour because uh, we need to carve out some time for Bruce Nolan, Buffalo Rumblings, and uh, often a friend of our show who will be joining us once again to talk some bills, get us ready for bills and dolphins as that one gets going tomorrow night. Uh, we'll have pregame, obviously, all day for you here on WGR. Yours truly will be sitting here with you between 3 and 5. And if the Steelers were to win tonight, 
uh, I would at least be able to see the completion of Jaguars and Titans and know for sure if there is the dumbest game possible about to happen that evening. We'll talk about that and plenty more with Bruce Nolan coming up right here on the other side. Derek, TJ, Evan, we're here with you. We'll be right back with Bruce Nolan of Buffalo Rumblings on Sports Talk Saturday. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. So far, it's, it's been going well. You know, like I still have an, another game in a regular season to prove that. I, I can't even like sugarcoat it. Like, like it's a whole different mode, man. It's a whole d- different vibe, whole different energy. So yes, this has definitely been my best season and still a, a lot more to come. Bills Dolphins for the AFC East tomorrow night at 8.20. Just before you go. Oh no! No 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 no! This song this song is perfect. Just thinking about the Dolphins game from last year and the sun and everything, but Evan is playing a, a bump by Death Cab for Cutie. It's called No Sunlight. This ah. was totally coincidence. I know, I know, I figured, but I'm just like, oh man, how perfect. <laughs> I'm sure there will be sun, but the sun will I not be as much hotter. of a factor this year. That's for sure. That is definitely the, for sure. Get the T-shirt say, "I wish it were hotter." Uh, no, Something like no, that. no, because, absolutely not. The hotter was bad. The hotter, <laughs> a, the hotter was bad. B, when McDaniel wore the shirt, it didn't work for him. Yeah. So no, don't they, don't go. Like the Dolphins have done two shirt-related things, by the way. Yes, and they have, have and, and have faltered horribly at both of them. Backfired <laughs> massively. Don't get shirt. Don't get shirts mocking things. Get shirts that help everyone out. That's that's my that's my thing on shirts, I guess. I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm friends with Dell. Maybe. Get get shirts that help out. That helps. Dell, don't ever put anything that mocks an opponent. <laughs> no, it, it's it, no, I, honestly, I think it's I think it's fine. I think it's fine if Dell does it. But when you're a team, when you're a football yes. team and you're making that, those it, statements, when we do it, it's it's a fan thing. Yes. When fans do it, let fans be unhinged. That, fan Correct. is short for fanatic. We're allowed to do the dumb things. 
we're allowed to do that. Uh, don't do it as a team because then that's when that's when it strikes, and then we have to deal with that. That's right. And, it's the unintended and, consequences. And just just to be clear, we are the ones who met. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm sorry. That was too far. Too far. Uh, anyway, anyway, I feel like this is a great time to to patch in Bruce as uh, as the Bills and Dolphins get themselves ready for the AFC East extravaganza tomorrow night. Bruce Nolan joining us on the Wester Hotline. Bruce, it's been a bit. It's Derek. It's TJ. How you doing? I'm fantastic, guys. Just disco balls, dancers the whole time. How about you? Oh, man. That's that's a lot better than what we're doing right now, which is just sitting here in some rolly chairs. I mean, I guess that's the best I've got. I've got. I've now got a new request for our boss for this room. <laughs> disco ball. Let's go. Bro, we just got the mic cover. Slow down. I, we're on a roll. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Sorry, Bruce. Just working out some things here, but welcome. <laughs> So, Bruce, of course, Bills and Dolphins, they're fighting for the AFCs, fighting for the two-seed, and the Bills also have one of the weirdest scenarios that could be presented in front of them if the other two games go poorly um, of two-seed or bust. And that is that has to be, without a doubt, one of the weirdest scenarios I've ever seen. The range of outcomes is super weird this week. And so you're going into it and you're going, okay, so from a probability standpoint – Three things have to go poorly, and only one thing has to go well. But from a worry algorithmic standpoint, right, how much people worry about stuff is the probability of it happening multiplied by the effect of it happening, right? So although we acknowledge that three things would have to go poorly for the Buffalo Bills to miss the playoffs, it's still the Bills missing the playoffs in the year of Josh Allen's prime, which very few people thought was a possibility going into 2023. So it creates this very strange scenario where – you might not feel super worried about it, but at the same time, the impact of that is meaningful, so that kind of ticks it up, and you waffle back and forth between, well, yeah, but it could. You know, it's almost like the old, the old TV show that was on Fox the Grinder, right, where Rob Lowe's character was constantly saying, yes, but what if it did? So it's, oh, yeah, well, you know, it probably won't happen. Yeah, but what if it did? And that creates this very strange back and forth. I don't, I don't anticipate a lot of people are feeling emotionally stable this weekend for any reason. Bills come in, though, as healthy as they could possibly be in this. Um, there was actually just an update. There is zero players questionable. Uh, Mitch Morse removed from the injury report uh, due to an illness and now no longer has a game status. So the Bills have no injury designations, whereas you look at Miami and the wheels are falling off at the worst time. They are. They absolutely are. And, you know, it's funny because the Buffalo Bills had the injury excuse, quote-unquote, earlier this year when they lost three all-pro-caliber players on their defense, one on each level, with Tredavious White, Mavilano, and Daquan Jones. And now Daquan Jones comes back. Terrell Bernard has been playing markedly, markedly better than a lot of people thought he would coming into this year, even in the absence of Mavilano, which was another question. And the Buffalo Bills traded for Russell Douglas. So essentially, I don't want to say they plugged the holes, but essentially you're down Matt Milano relative to your preferred starters. And for the Buffalo Bills, that we're getting banged up beyond belief. That conversation was two months ago. For the Miami Dolphins, not only are they not getting healthy at the right time, they're getting worse at the wrong time. And so for the Miami Dolphins, you know, they're, they're going to have to find answers fairly quick because they haven't over the last couple of weeks. You know, they beat the Dallas Cowboys, but weren't particularly emphatic in doing so. They got blown out by the Baltimore Ravens. And so they're coming in projecting in the, in the wrong way, in a way that they would prefer not to. And so 
for them, it's going to be a, okay, we've got to find some answers and we've got to find them fast. It's nice that we know that we already have a playoff ticket booked, but you know full well that having a playoff ticket booked is very different than getting the two seed, and there's no question that they would very much prefer to be able to say that they get to wear the AFC East crown for the 2023 season. So, Bruce, I want to dig into the big injuries on the Dolphins a little bit more. So, Bradley Chubb going out last week real late in the game, why he was playing that late in the game while the Dolphins were being blown out. We don't know. We asked Josh Reed earlier. He didn't know either. Uh, Xavier Howard will be out. How do you anticipate the Bills are going to attack those weaknesses? What I'd like to see is something that we haven't seen from the Buffalo Bills in a long time. And that is, if you look at the play-action statistics for Baltimore Ravens against the Miami Dolphins, the secondary players that you get, your non-preferred starters, are actually even more susceptible to things like motion and shifting and play-action. So when you have non-preferred starters that start to line up on defense against you, that's when you should lean into those concepts. And although the Buffalo Bills have leaned into motion since Brady has took over, specifically in the past game, they still have yet to lean into play-action. Baltimore Ravens against the Miami Dolphins. Lamar Jackson was 9 of 10 for over 150 yards and three touchdowns. He averaged over 15 yards of attempts on play action against the Miami Dolphins. Absolutely shredded them. But yet the Buffalo Bills still haven't done that. Josh Allen is 22.7% of his dropbacks in 2023 have been play action. That's 26 in the NFL amongst quarterbacks who have 100 dropbacks or more. Despite that, he is eighth in the NFL in passer rating using play action. So what you'd like to see is you'd like to see them lean into it, not just because Josh Allen is good at it, but also because the Miami Dolphins, due to their non-preferred starters being played, are actually even more susceptible to it than they otherwise would be. So that's something I'm going to be keeping an eye on uh, against the Dolphins on Sunday night. Even to go a little leaning further into it, Bruce, let, let's lean into a narrative here and, uh, and a preference. Uh, the Bills also have become more proficient at running the football. So it would also make sense to be able to implement it even more because of the fact that there is a legitimate threat with Buffalo running the football as of late when Joe Brady has taken over. The splits in running the ball specifically out of 12 personnel have shifted significantly in the Bills' favor since Joe Brady has taken over. It's arguably one of the most significant metric changes aside from motion use during pass plays. One of the most significant metric changes between Ken Dorsey and Joe Brady is the effectiveness running the ball out of 12 personnel. Historically, and it was trending this way for the Buffalo Bills early in 2023, teams are better throwing it out of lighter, uh, out of heavier personnel and they're better running it out of lighter personnel. And this seems counterintuitive, but running out of 11 and passing out of 12 is fairly common across the NFL to be more effective that way, mostly because you get more explosive plays in the passing game out of 12 because the box is heavier. And it's the exact same reason why you end up not running the balls effectively out of 12 because, again, the box is heavier. So being able to throw out of 12 and run out of 11 is really important. But historically, that's always kind of been a, a struggle is, you know, running out of 12, you're, you're running against a stack box more often. James Cook is not somebody you would want historically running against stack boxes over and over and over again, just throwing them into the line. But against, but with Joe Brady, that's, that number is trending up. The Bills have a positive EPA per play when running out of 12 with Joe Brady. So the idea that you can now all of a sudden start to run out of 11 and 12 and not have to worry about really putting your offense in a bad position, that's a, that's a plus. And if you're going to be down multiple, you know, multiple 
people and you really want to try to cut back on potential turnovers and things like that, you now have that to lean on and you didn't have that before. So, again, it's not that you necessarily want to come out and say, okay, we're going to have a run-centric game plan. But like Joe Brady said after the Dallas Cowboys game, if you start doing it and it starts working, you have the ability to just lean into it now. And that was not a, not a story for the Buffalo Bills in previous years. Bruce Nolan of Buffalo Rumblings joining us here on the Western Hotline. Of course, there have been some questions. I mean, of course, like when Joe Brady took over, the Bills were back to this juggernaut offense, but they've slowed down in the last couple of games against the Chargers and the Patriots of all teams, because of course. Uh, however, there's one question that's remained a constant since Brady has taken over, and that is the lack of production from Stefan Diggs. And they're getting it done without production from their best receiver, but what do you think it's going to take to get digs going again here uh for the postseason a little of this and a little of that i don't think stefan Diggs. when you watch the film on stefan Diggs, you look at straight raw metrics you go wow you know 30 years old has he hit a wall his father time catching up to him and the truth is it's going to catch up to everybody eventually but if you watch the film he's getting open you know there are scenarios where there have been inches away from that narrative being very 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 different in fact, each of the last two games, there's been deep misses by Josh Allen where if Stephon Diggs catches it, all of a sudden that narrative is very, very, very different. And so although the raw metrics don't look great for the last couple of weeks, I think they're starting to use Diggs a little bit more vertically than they have historically, and those have been paying off. He's been winning. But Josh Allen, as far as EPA when throwing the ball down the field, this year is actually one of the worst years of his career. So going from 2019 to 2020, one of the big narratives that offseason was, what is Josh Allen going to do to work on his deep ball? Because the metrics weren't good. And then in 2020, all of a sudden, the deep ball comes around. 2021, it's still good. 2022, it's still good. 2023, it's been as bad as it's been, him throwing the ball down the field, since the 19th season when we were all worried about it. But for some reason, that's not part of the narrative, and I'm not sure how we're missing it. Because it's really dropped off significantly this year, and it's part of this discussion, I think, that the, the team has really started to use Stephon Diggs, specifically the last couple of games, in a, in a vertical role in a lot of cases. And those have been inches away from working. And so I don't necessarily think we have to make significant changes in order to get him more involved, aside from Allen just has to hit those throws. Bruce, what do you make of uh, Diggs' What do you make of his uh, snap counts in terms of his percentage? Uh, the last four weeks, 79%, 46%, 60%, 65%. So they don't have him on the field as much. Why, why do you think that is? I think that correlates with the fact that he's been running those longer routes and he takes himself out typically okay. after those long routes, which lines completely up with what Josh Norman told the Associated Press, which was that Stephon Diggs was kind of taking himself out. After some of those plays, I think if you run deeper routes, a lot of times you're running 30 yards down the field and you go, you know what, I don't, you know, I'm not 100%. I want to make sure I gas it up. So part of it's that, for sure. But okay. also, a lot of it is that when you know you're going to run the ball and you're in 12, why waste a snap on Stephon Diggs on that? That's part of the logic when you think about, okay, they are slightly better running the ball when Stephon Diggs is not on the field. And part of that is because Khalil Spears is a good blocker. And Gabe Davis is a good blocker. So if you already know you're going to run the ball and you're not running a lot of play action, which, mind you, they should be, right? you're in 12 personnel, your two receivers might be Gabe Davis and Khalil Shakir. 
you're going to get better run blocking from them because they're good run blockers, and you're not running play action as much as you should. I think all these things that we've been talking about, they're all connected. Him running deeper routes, I think, is a, is a, is a part of it. I think them not running play action specifically out of 12 personnel is a part of it. And I think them running the ball better when he's not on the field, which is to be expected at this point. I think that's part of it, too. Bruce, uh, moving over to the defense, getting Daquan Jones back healthy now. Uh, but uh, something that Josh Reed said with us uh, in the first hour, the Bills have had a long time to adjust with uh, life without Tredavious White, life without Matt Milano. And, of course, one of the biggest things about being able to recover from those injuries is the acquisition of Razul Douglas and his impact that he has made on this secondary. Rasul Douglas has been a revelation. And, you know, a lot of Packers fans were not pleased when he got traded away because a lot of their defensive struggles had been put on the shoulders of their defensive coordinator, Joe Barry, who I think they're, they're pretty much ready to run out of town there in Green Bay. But Rasul Douglas is someone who's kind of a late bloomer in his NFL career. Um, toward the end of his Philadelphia career, started to kind of come around. And the Philadelphia Eagles were like, okay, well, maybe, you know, we can bring him on. The Green Bay Packers brought him on. He was good for them. And they're going with a youth movement across the board in a lot of different places in Green Bay. So if you have a chance to you know, trade up in the draft and utilize a 29-year-old player to be able to do it, then they're probably going to take it. How they've handled the receiver core on the offensive side of the ball is any indication. They're not, they're not trying to peak this year. They're trying to peak two years from now. At that time, Rasul Douglas will be 31. So it makes sense from that perspective, but strictly from a leadership and ability standpoint, right now, it was the right move. If you want to plug a hole, you go get someone who can play right now. He's played in multiple different systems, has the length that you would prefer in a system like this, and has that aggression necessary to be able to do one of the best things you can do as a quarterback, take the ball away. And Rasul Douglas has historically done that. This is not a fluke. He did that with Green Bay. He did it with Philadelphia toward the end of his time there, and he's doing it with the Buffalo Bills. It has been a stellar acquisition, and I know that we all talk about Christian McCaffrey to the 49ers as being one of the most significant in-season trades recently in the NFL. If the Bills make the playoffs, go on a run, Rasul Douglas is going to be talked about like that. He should be. So, Bruce, of course, when it comes to the linebacking core, Matt Milano being out for most of this year, you mentioned Terrell Bernard and how well he's played, but one of the quieter ones was a player that we were not a huge fan of out of the preseason, where Tyrell Dotson almost played himself out of a starting job in the middle, has had to play more with Milano out, and has stabilized a banged-up linebacking core. Tyrell Dotson, I think, was probably miscast as a middle linebacker early on. Um, see ball, get ball is the best thing that he does, and he can do it more as a run-and-chase middle linebacker. And so middle run-and-chase weak side linebacker. And so I think that the fact that we have a tendency to conflate linebacker roles 100%, they are very, very similar in the Buffalo Bills defense. Lorenzo Alexander has gone on record as saying that they're, they're very similar in the Buffalo Bills defense versus other defenses where they're very, very, very different as far as a role. But being able to more properly suit Tyrell Dodson to his skill set, I think is a big part of that. And also a big part of that is Sean McDermott. Sean McDermott simulated pressures, being able to make sure that Tyrell Dodson is playing forward as often as possible and minimizing the things that he's less effective at and maximizing the things he's more effective at. Tyrell Dodson has always been a good downhill player. 
Like, even when we didn't think he was going to be the middle linebacker for this team and we preferred that maybe he not be because we weren't seeing what we wanted to see, even at that point we would acknowledge that Tyrell Dawson has been a good downhill player. Being able to get him into a role where he's playing downhill more often and maximizing the thing he does well and minimizing the thing he does less well, I mean, that's all we've ever wanted from coaches, right? Is to try and work around the players. And I think Sean McDermott deserves a lot of credit for that. Now, we, I think we, we need to have a separate discussion about Sean McDermott about why he wasn't playing Puna Ford. But I think that's, that's a discussion for a different day. But as far as the maximizing Tyrell Dodson, I think you've got to give him a lot of credit. So keeping with the Bills' defense and maybe shifting over to the Miami offense, what are some things that maybe the Bills are going to have to look out for in this Sunday night matchup? The Miami Dolphins, since they've been banged up and since Tyreek Hill has been hurting, Jalen Waddell has been struggling, um, Rocky Mostert's been a little bit banged up as well, I think they've moved a lot into the screen game. And I think that having the Bills be able to tackle, I think, is really important there. Um, The one thing you always want to do as a defense, specifically against a player who is so polar opposite his strength from his weaknesses to a Tungaloa, is you want to put something on the menu that the quarterback has a distaste for. Because every defense has something that is a weakness. There is no perfect play call. So for the defense, what do you want him to do? You want him to be a playmaker. You want to to hold the ball for a meaningful amount of time under pressure and make plays, make big explosive plays and try to anyway under pressure. Because under pressure amongst quarterbacks who have 100 dropbacks or more, two is fifth worst in the NFL in passer rating under pressure. When he's forced to hold the ball, his touchdown to interception ratio drops from 18 to 5 with less than two and a half seconds on the throw to 10 to 7 with more than two and a half seconds on the throw. So what do you want to do? You want to pressure him. You want to force him to hold the ball and make a play. Right? Make a play down the field. Look at those stats for Josh Allen. That's just very, very, very different because he's capable of making those plays out of structure. And so what you don't want to do is you don't want the things that are inside structure, specifically the screen passes, the quick passes, the stuff that goes to the first read. You don't want those things to be so effective that they don't need to go away from them. You want to be on his second, on his third, on his fourth read. You want him to feel antsy. You want him to get, make plays out of structure, start to work through the scramble drill. That's what you want from Tua. So you're going to have to give him something. Every defense gives him something. You just want to give him something that that offense and him specifically have a distaste for. Bruce, of course, uh, now I'm going to ask you one final thing, and it is simply this. Do you think that Buffalo's playoff safety net is deployed before uh, before we're uh, talking about them at 820 uh, for the AFC's title? Do you think that they'll have already clinched by then? I do. I think that one of the Jaguars and Steelers are probable to drop the ball, have a disappointment, not be able to get it done. And I think that going into Sunday night, I think if you were, if I was a betting man, I think that the Buffalo Bills will have a playoff. All right, Bruce. Uh, Obviously, this one is going to be a doozy. I'm sure we're all going to have fun with it and be as rational and calm and composed as humanly possible on Sunday night. Of course, that's just the, that's the way people normally are. That's, so what, that's what we always expect. Yes, yeah, so, <laughs> but in the times of chaos, though, I always make sure to turn to you because you are the one that will be able to help get everyone back uh, with some of that wisdom that that Bruce exclusive wisdom that we uh, all know and love. 
I appreciate it, guys. I'll be here for you. Bruce, thank you very much. And uh, you know what to do. Give them the plug. Let, them, let everyone know where to find the work if they're living under a rock. If you'd like to hear more of what you can you can hear from me on the radio, obviously, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Bruce Exclusive. My show, The Bruce Exclusive, drops every Thursday on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Bruce, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, obviously, uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend. You too. All right, that's Bruce Nolan on the Western Hotline as the Bills and Dolphins prepare for the two seed, the AFC East, and, of course, uh, a chance at really dictating a lot of where you're going to be playing in the postseason, for the most part, obviously. Um, I do believe that there's a good chance that Baltimore draws a tough one in the first round. Say Cleveland uh, beats the four seed. Well, guess what? They're going to Baltimore if the six and seven lose. If, say, Buffalo ends up in the six and they win their first round game, guess what? They're going to Baltimore. They've done well with Baltimore. Uh, So Baltimore is going to have themselves a very interesting scenario here. Cleveland is an interesting team to me. They're a weird team. Yeah. They're so weird. Very weird, but, like, they're the team. I I look at them. I look at them. They're going to have that chip on their shoulder because they're going to have a better record than three division winners. They're going to be an away team for the entire playoffs. I just think that um, I just eventually they're going to figure somebody's going to figure Joe Flacco out, right? Somebody's going to figure Joe Flacco out. I'm just intrigued at the fact that their general manager thought that quarterback was their biggest problem. Right? Right? Quarterback was – are you guys sure <laughs> that it was quarterback that you needed to – Trade a bunch of first-round picks and give a bunch of money to to that guy? Yeah. 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 That was your biggest hole? Yeah. I don't think so. Might We might not be correct on that. Anyway. Shocked I am. Shocked. <laughs> so surprised. The, I love, um, love what Bill uh, – love Bill – Love what Bruce said uh, about the Bills' defense and uh, Tua and how he is with pressure. The Bills are one of the best pressure teams in the league with a four-man rush. Exactly. It's going to be great. Uh, They just went to look. They're third in the league in sacks for a team. Leonard Floyd is in double digits now. He brought up James Cook, who I don't think we're talking enough about how he's the first 1,000-yard rusher in six years since LaShawn McCoy. Yeah, and... It is fascinating to see uh, what they've been able to do, what James Cook has been able to do uh, throughout this season. So I'm very intrigued. I'm very much having fun with uh, how this offense has adapted and been able to adjust with everything that they've had to deal with. There's definitely a level of... I I always have this in the back of my mind because... To me, it's just smart to leave something on the table and not on film all season or anything like that. So mm-hmm. it's like, what uh, what might the Bills be hiding right now? What's Joe Brady gotten in, uh, in the cupboard, if you will? I don't know. Uh, every time I watch the Bills offense, I'm like, there's, there's no way this high-powered offense that was amazing three years ago. I don't know. There's no way they're showing all their cards, right? <laughs> Who knows? I, but this is also going to be for the right to get the two seed, right. have the most advantageous situation you possibly can, and possibly draw, like, what, the Steelers or Texans in the first round? Right. Um, yeah, that sounds a lot easier than having to go to Kansas City again. Right. 
or or for or for Miami to have to go to Kansas City like that. Kansas City still may be a mess, but they're still the three seed at home. Yeah. That was my way of saying, I, I do want this to be a game where they're pulling out all the stops. They're, they're absolutely going to. Like, Miami's a much better team at home, so they need it. Right. They are, they they would need that sort of scenario instead of having to travel to Kansas City or Buffalo even. And uh, it, it just, I feel like it is going to be a pull out all the stops. Let's see what happens here. Miami does have a very interesting situation with Jalen Waddell, how he's been dealing with his injury. Do they treat this fully like a playoff game, or do they not? And I'm intrigued to see what we get. I, th- I think, based on recent history, the pressure is way more on the Dolphins than it is the Bills. Yes, because then you can go ahead and look at it and think, "Wow, we still don't have like we still haven't been able to topple Buffalo. We still can't figure that out, right? We can't last, figure out that last team. year. It was a thing too. They were neck and neck." Exactly. So we'll see what we've got here uh, for tomorrow night's game. All right. This will give us plenty of time to laugh at things for our good old booty cheek of the week. Uh, I told you we should wait for it. Yes, you were right. You were right. You were right. So I'll I'll take a minor um, piece of the the distinction this week. Maybe that's a preview of my pick. I mean, I've already won it, quote unquote, Mm. this year. So it's fair. There we go. Can't give out the award if you don't win it yourself, right? That's that's true. Wait, no, that's not true at all. No, I think it's people, true. People give out athletic awards all the time, and they can't win those things. Ah, okay, that's fair. <laughs> uh, so, but then again, this is not a this is not an award. It's just a dumb segment. So we'll get to our dumb segment coming up next here on Sports Talk Saturday on WGR. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Oh, yes. It's time for my favorite part of uh, of my Saturday, when I get to laugh at other people instead of myself. Is that mean to say? No. It's probably mean to you, which my <laughs> therapist would say you shouldn't be mean to yourself, but <laughs> alas, it I mean, happens. Look, if you can't point the target at yourself every now and then, then you're just a bully. Every now and then. Every now and then. Not all the time. And I think I do that every week, but that's okay. Not every day. It's not every day. Yeah, only 52 days of the year. Yes. (laughs) Anyway, the Booty Cheek of the Week, here on a Sports Talk Saturday, Derek, TJ, Evan, we're here with you guys and gals, and I think that it's time... To go ahead and uh, uh, look, let's be real about something. The, the two most common booty cheek of the weeks have been uh, the NHL yes. and uh, Aaron Rodgers. And this one is Rodgers related. It's, it, it's, yeah, Rodgers adjacent. It, it's Rodgers adjacent, which of course it is because the guy is a jerk. And when people are being a jerk, listen to them because that they're showing their true colors. 
But oh no! ESPN, you gave the Pat McAfee show millions of dollars and now chaos has been unleashed upon your network and your parent company? Who would have thought that would have happened? Not the show that you allow to have curse words on the air the whole time. No way! Except for the one that he's not allowed to say that he trips into saying sometimes anyway. I'm so surprised! Great times. Like, man, sometimes you just think, what goes on in mating rooms that someone just goes, I've got this idea, and then everyone else goes, yeah! And it's the, it's, and it's one of the most self-destructive ideas that there is. And you know, you know what's a really good idea is you, that guy that you gave a bunch of money to, he gives a bunch of money to Aaron Rodgers to come on his show and just say nonsense. Yeah, technically that's an employee. Yeah, yeah, in you're paying, you're paying sense. him. It's probably more of a, it's a freelance thing, you know, but, freelance thing, right? But he's no being benefits. paid by them to say these wackadoo things and. Like, I make sure to say the disclaimer about not being a bully. Uh, that is exactly what Aaron Rodgers is. He's a guy that will peddle his thoughts out, and he he wants to debate you, quote-unquote, but he doesn't really ever want to listen to your side. Yeah. So, he's that guy. 100%. He, uh... You, you have to... You have to do a... I don't know if you have to do a lot, but, like, it's pretty significant that I can't get enough Nick Wright content on this. Of just... Right? The guy who purposely <laughs> plays a heel around this area and knows where to poke us with a needle? But now we're all listening to him because he's got such great insight on Aaron Rodgers, and it's like... You know that Onion article headline of the worst person you know makes a great point? That is exactly what this saga has been with Nick Wright being thrown into it. And it's like, Bills fans are like, oh, I can't stand you, but you're so right. I've, I've had that feeling with him more times than I would care to admit. And it's exclusively with this jerk face who played, Z who played four snaps this year. I feel like we're stealing his thunder because this is exactly what he did is just go off on a rant on... This looky, look at me guy. Yeah, the look at me guy <laughs> has me liking the heel of Buffalo Bills fandom. The, the, the look at me guy of Buffalo Bills fandom. Exactly! <laughs> and yet here we are. Oh my god, Aaron Rodgers ruined everything. He, he, he really did. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, him by himself, like, I has think... ruined like any... He's going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback, whatever. But... I used to enjoy watching him play. I understand now why All his family does not talk to right? him. Right? Like, we should have acknowledged it from then on. We should have. <laughs> but here we are. <laughs> uh, going on a rant about a rant. Well, not that's not a rant. Just, just solidarity with Nick Wright for some reason. Because... It's like in the final scenes of Andor. <laughs> We've been asleep for too long. Yeah. That's it. That's it. If I could do it again, I would wake up earlier and fight. Against Aaron Rodgers. And the toxicity that spews from his mouth. 
Man. Who would have thought I'd put such an inspirational thing from one of the best Star Wars shows that there has been and uh, and throw it into this what hell a great hole. Show. What a great show. But, I, but I'm using that and throwing it into this hell hole. That's fine. Are that is Aaron Rodgers. Enhancing it. <laughs> it's not detracting. Do we have any non-Aaron Rodgers adjacent BCOTWs here? Booty Cheek of the Weeks? No, because no. that was mine. Is that like... You have a guy on who's going to say stuff where Jimmy Kimmel c- could very reasonably sue you for. And if uh, all of a sudden it's like, uh, we have to backtrack this one. Pat McAfee's apologizing. Pat McAfee's wearing sleeves, my guy. Do you know how hard it is to get him to do that willingly? Something bad must Something have happened. Something bad happened. <laughs> that he's wearing sleeves. Okay. <laughs> anyway. The minute he has to sit down for his show, you know he's in deep. Deep doo-doo. But now he's turning around on one of his execs, and it's like, oh, man, ESPN, you really dug your hole on this one. You sure you laid off all those employees uh, for this being a good idea? Um, you, you, you going back on that at all? No? No? Okay. Sounds good. They kept Mina Kimes on, though. I'll give them that. That That is one of the smartest Great things that Great they move. need to make sure that keeps happening. Dan Orlovsky has become a a fun, entertaining, insightful listen over the years, though. The way he's evolved. They just need to get rid of Bart Scott. They need to get... Look, what they need to get rid of and not get rid of there... um, They need to get rid of... All shows need to get rid of the uh, sports debate topic format. I mean, like, Nick Wright is a very insightful analyst, but that show is unwatchable. (laughs) First take is unwatchable. Undisputed I, I, is unwatchable. I like Get Up. I'll watch Get Up. It still can kind of be a debate, but... It's not fully. Yes, it's not fully, and they get into... But then little... Kimberly Martin rolls her eyes the minute that Josh Allen's not being berated. Yeah. Yeah, that... Yeah. Well. So, I anyway. have a booty cheek of the week that doesn't involve Aaron Rodgers. Let's ma- hit it. I'll make this quick. I will say, for Team Sweden to pull out like their... At the end of the USA game, down 6-2, the whole brawl at the end of the game, I don't understand it. And didn't I... I, if There was a brawl? Yeah, right at the end of... um, At the end of USA-Sweden. Did I mention not paying attention to USA? Yeah, you did. I don't know who... no clue. I don't know... I, I, I think I saw, like, the guy had only played, like, four minutes that entire game... And then he was put on the ice literally at the end of the game to basically just instigate something. That's one of those, what do you have to gain here? You're not even, none of these guys are even going to play each other pretty much ever again. A lot of those guys. Yeah, no, there's no, you know? Yeah, it's not like you're establishing bad blood between U.S. and Sweden. Right. Weird. It was just, when I just saw it, I was just like, that's kind of, and especially. I'm with, I'm with you. What was, what's, what's that for? (laughs) What's that for? And especially because it was now you're in Sweden, now you're putting a bad rep on the country, who is a good, which is a good country. I I don't know if the hockey players are no hockey players don't care about that. They're salty that they're losing. It's a normal human emotion. (laughs) It's salty that they got their butts kicked. Yeah, they're salty. Why would you not be? As someone who's played in some hockey games that have lost nine to one, I know a lot about the subject. But I haven't started anything about it. But I'm I'm salty. Very equivalent things. Yes, I agree. <laughs> Very equivalent things with far less on the line. But still, I digress. All right. 
So there we go. Uh, mostly laughing at ESPN, Pat McAfee show, Aaron Rodgers, all this other stuff, and then throwing in a little Team Sweden uh, being salty against the U.S. There we go. That is it for the Booty Cheek of the Week. We'll come back. We've got to bounce around the league. Look at the games around the NFL. Playoff scenarios abound in Week 18. Plenty to get excited for. Plenty to get going on. And plenty more to talk about on Sports Talk Saturday right here on WGR. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.